Welcome to the Faith to Change Your World broadcast with Brother Chidi Aiko. I'll be speaking on something very important today. Come with me to Genesis chapter 1. Yes, Genesis chapter 1. I read from verse 26. The Bible says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Let us make man in our image. That was what God said in Genesis 1.26. But let's see, when he was creating other things, what did he say? Genesis 1.6, God said, Let there be firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And it was so. Verse 9, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let dry land appear. And it was so, and that's how God created the seas. In verse 11, we saw that God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herbs yielding seed, and the fruit yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Verse 14 says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. And that's how light came. To be and that was when he made two great lights the greater light to rule by the day and the lesser light to rule by the night and then he made the stars also these were the things that god created in verse 20 the bible says that and god said let the waters bring forth abundantly moving creature that had life and fowl of the air that they may fly above the earth in a firmament and that was how he made the things that are in the sea and the things that are flying on the air. And in verse 24, the Bible says, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creature, living creatures after its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and the beast of the earth after its kind. And it was so. But in verse 26, when he wanted to create me and you, when he wanted to create man, God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion stop let them have dominion so you see the uniqueness of man when god was creating every other thing at no point did he say let us make it in our image or let it have dominion or let it rule so man is god's ultimate creation nothing was made in the class of man nothing was created in the image of god apart from man and this is why the psalmist said in psalm 8 turn with me to psalm 8 i'll read from verse 4 psalm 8 verse 4 what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and the word angels there from the greek rendering signifies Elohim, meaning in the class of gods, in the class 
of God. And he said, let us make man in our image. And so now, when the angels were waiting, this one that God has been very busy all these days, he's making man for all these days, he's making everything for one human being that he wants to make. And now he's making that human being. On the sixth day, he created man. And so, and then people, the angels were watching like, wow, wow, what, what is he about to create? And when they saw man, they were like, whoa, whoa, look at this person. He's looking so unique and different from every other thing that God has created. And then they, they, they were wounded and said, ah, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visitest him, you have made him a little lower than angels. And the angel, the word angels there does not mean normal angels. It means gods in the class of gods because the word there from the Greek means Elohim. And you have crowned him with honor and glory. And this is how powerful man is. This is how unique and how powerful that we are as men on the earth. There is nothing more powerful and there is nothing that has all the authority to dominate the earth apart from man. There's nothing the devil can do on the earth without having to collaborate or partner with the man. Genesis 1.27 Let's come back there. And I'm going to somewhere very specific. And I'm not teaching you something that I have not walked in. I'm telling you of something that I have experienced and I have lived by. And I am currently living by. In verse 27, the Bible says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, verse 28, and said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every, creep, every living thing that moveth upon the earth. The pronouncement of that blessing is the real making of man. Why are we treating the blessing? Because we are currently discussing the believer's inheritance, and this is part six. And we know from Revelation 5 that the Bible says, from verse 11, that and I beheld the voice of many angels round about him, and round about the throne, and the beast, and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, What is the lamb that was slain to receive? riches to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and the blessing and we treated all this but i like i have said this is the penultimate the blessing the blessing is the unique force of god upon the life of every man so we were created to be fruitful to multiply to replenish the earth, to subdue the earth, and to have dominion in the sea over everything that flies in the sea, uh, that, 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 that moves in the sea, over everything that flies on the earth, and over everything that moveth upon the land. So no man was created to live below the standard of the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord. This is my topic today. 
So the blessing of the Lord is your divine inheritance. It is your inheritance as a child of God. The blessing of the Lord is your inheritance as a child of God. And what is this blessing? The blessing, I would like to define it as the divine empowerment by declaration to excel in everything good. God created man and said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, um, subdue it, and have dominion. So the blessing is that divine empowerment by declaration to excel in everything good. It is to endure one with power to succeed, with the power for success. So God is saying prosper when he made that declaration upon the life of every man. He said prosper and fill up the earth and have dominion over everything in it. God created man with the blessing and he created man to live by the blessing. And that was how everything was made for Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, everything was made for them. And when they were created, they saw that the blessing had been provided. And the blessing made everything easy for them. It made everything easy for them. So Adam and Eve started with the blessing. But then, what happened? They soon messed things up. We all know of the original sin or the sin of Adam and Eve and how that they messed things up. And then they began, because of their mistake, they began to twat or disconfigure the original plan of God for mankind. And so the earth remained inconsistent. After Adam and Eve, he had to start tilling the ground he had to start working hard just to take cater for himself. Meanwhile, before the cause or before the, the, the pronouncement of the consequences of his actions, he and his wife had to just depend on the blessing and they didn't even have to bear the weight of their own provision. But then because of that sin, Adam and Eve now had to go out to begin to take care of themselves and to stand and take responsibility for their own provision. And this was the case in the world until the time of Noah. But by this time of Noah, everywhere had become so corrupt that people were not even trying to walk away completely from the entire plan of God. And it was necessary for God to now act at that time because if he had not acted, the whole world would have gone away outside his original plan. God did not create the earth and me and you in it without a plan. He created us to live according to the systems of heaven. And that's why the Garden of Eden, many people can, 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 would not know if it's in heaven or on earth because it was unique. But then the Garden of Eden was on earth. But then it was unique, very, very unique because that's exactly how God expected the, 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 the world and man to live. So we are supposed to replicate this garden everywhere we go. But at the time of Noah, the world was so corrupt that only the family of Noah were living and still sticking to the original plan and the will of God. So God needed to do something. And so in Genesis 6, 
I read from verse 13. Please turn with me. We'll be reading the book of Genesis very much today, so keep close attention because we are tracing everything back to the source. How me and you started. How we started. How God's original plan for us was. And what we ought to do to continue to maintain His original plan for us. From verse 13, the Bible says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And God is saying, Oh, this is, I'm trying to give them time to repent, but they don't want to repent. Oh, the end is near for them. So he says, And I will destroy them with the earth. Make me an ark of gopher wood, rooms shall I make in the ark, and pitch it within and without the pitch. And shall pitch it within and without the pitch, and without with pitch. Guess what? The Bible says in verse 15 that, and this is the fashion that thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, and the breadth of it shall be 50 cubits, and the height of it shall be 30 cubits. And verse 16, the Bible says, and a window that shalt shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower second third stories shall thou make it verse 17 and behold i even i do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein is the breath of life and under the heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die but with thee i will establish my covenant and shall come into the ark and thou shalt come into the ark and thy, and thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy sons' wives with thee. So God was saying to Noah, "Oh, these people, they, 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 they are they are messing up things. So I have to start again from the beginning. So I'm going to have to destroy everything that I have created using the flood. So you and your family, for you to be successful, I mean, to, for you to be successfully saved, or for you to still stay alive after what I will do, build an ark." And then keep yourself there with your sons and your sons' wives and your own wife, everybody that's connected to you. Keep yourself and then take animals. The Lord went ahead to tell him to take some animals and then put them up there just because of what he wants to do. And so Noah and his sons were now supposed to now take the blessing to the next dispensation. The flood happened. We all know the story. The flood happened and everybody died. And after everybody died, God came back to Noah in verse 9, in chapter 9. Everybody had died. The, the, the flood had happened. Everybody had died. And in chapter 9, verse 1, the Bible says, And God blessed Noah. Because these people had died. The ark was gone. I mean, the ark was set. And then people came out that had been in the ark for many days. And then when they came out, what did the Lord tell them? Okay, Noah, this is it. Noah had sacrificed and made a good altar unto God to thank him for the saving of his soul and that of his family. But God said to Noah, and God blessed Noah, verse 9, chapter 9, verse 1. And God blessed Noah and said unto them, he blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon every fowl of the air and upon all that moveth upon the earth and upon all the fishes of the sea 
into your hand are they delivered. So, God, in verse, chapter 9, verse 1, still said the same thing that he said when he created Adam. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. That is the blessing that every man is supposed to carry. So after destroying everything that he destroyed with Adam, that he built with Adam, he destroyed it during the time of Noah with the flood, he came back and then repronounced the blessing upon the life of Noah, telling him, okay, it is time, go and start afresh. So Noah and his sons were now supposed to take the blessing and repopulate the earth with the blessing. And that was basically what God was not expecting that, okay, so I'm starting again with Noah, that plan with Adam, it didn't work. So let me see Noah now, I'm putting the blessing upon him and let him go ahead to begin to do what he's supposed to do with the blessing. So for some time on the earth, everything was working the way it was working before Noah sinned, before Adam sinned. Everything was working normally according to God's original plan. All mankind was blessed. But guess what? Noah and his sons soon messed everything up. So Noah got drunk. God is building something again with you and he has put the blessing upon you. But this same Noah that was perfect with God from the beginning got drunk. And when he got drunk, he went naked. And his son, Ham, came and saw his father's nakedness. And instead of to cover his father's nakedness, he was laughing and jesting and mocking his father and then foolishly went to call his younger brothers or his brothers Shem and Shem and Japheth to come and see the nakedness of their father. But the Bible tells us that Shem and Japheth instead of looking at their father's nakedness they took a blanket or a cloth and let's say their father was staying at the back they did not look at their father he just moved backwards and then covered their father's nakedness without having to look at him. And so the Lord was so angry. Why are these people like this? When Noah woke up and heard of what his son Ham had done, he cursed Ham's son, Ham's child, which was Canaan, and pronounced the curse. The curse was not supposed to happen when you were a carrier of the blessing and when the blessing is supposed to continue to populate the earth. But Noah angrily cursed the child of Ham. Because of time, I will not go through, but we read Genesis chapter 9, verse 21 to 27, you get to see that. And so, soon, because of this kind of curse, before you know it, Ham and Japheth, who were the two sons of Noah, Apart from Shem, but Ham and Japheth, guess what they started doing? They started to live by their own human wits. Originally, this is how God wants us to live. We depend on the blessing. We are not supposed to bear the weight of our own provision. We are supposed to depend entirely on God. We are supposed to live by faith. But then Ham and Japheth started to live by their own human wits. They started to live by their own human strength. And that was how they gradually started to introduce what we now know as the Babylonian system of life. Fend for yourself. Dog eats dog. Lie, cheat, and steal economy. 
suppress fellow humans like you, work your life out if you want to make money or you want to survive, remain at the bottom of the ladder for the rest of your life, competition everywhere, killings and fightings. You can never be good enough. And all these negative things that the Babylonian system have introduced into the earth started to play during the era of the timelines of, of Shem, of Ham and Japheth. And they started to introduce the things that God you know, initially created. They are beginning to alter and falter the original plan of God for the earth. What is God's plan? That man should be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion, and subdue it and have dominion. That was his original plan. He put a blessing upon man. And I told you that the blessing is God's original power that gives us the ability to succeed everywhere we go. To live according to the systems of, of the kingdom of God. So all these crazy things that we see in the world today when became the reactions from the Babylonian system that, that Ham and Japheth started to create. But then God created us to live in the blessing. The blessing was created for man and man for the blessing. Now, amongst all these other sons, remember I told you initially that Shem and Japheth that went to cover their father's nakedness without having to laugh at him, without even having to look at their father's nakedness. But then, amongst all of them, only one of Noah's son, Shem, that was still focused on following God, like his father started following God. So it was only Shem that was now still following God. The rest of them were no longer following God the way they ought to, but Shem was following God strongly. He stuck with God. And so it was now from the lineage of Shem, from his descendant, that God started having to, God was like, I need to find somebody else. These people are not getting this plan. I need to find somebody else that will carry this blessing and do what I want to do on the earth. So you can see that from the time of Adam, even down to the time of Shem, God had not still gotten what he wants to get in the perfect sense of it. Working with man for a very sustained period of time. Men just kept disappointing and disappointing in the way they lived and in the way they reacted to the things of God. But then, because Shem worked with God, because he was still sticking with God, even though his siblings were no longer sticking with God they had the way they ought to. From his lineage, God created or God brought out somebody who was unique. God found a man called Abraham. Abraham was a descendant of Shem. And when the Lord was now going to start working with Abraham, I need to take you out because for, for you to now work with these people, for you to now get what I want you to get, you need to come out. Genesis 12. I read from verse 1. The Bible says that now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. 
and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Verse 4, the Bible says, And Abraham, uh, and Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And it was 75 years old when he left Haran. But this was somebody that God wanted to walk with. And Abraham was ready to walk with God. And so God had to start looking at, oh, this man, I think he's good. I think he's able to do what I want him to do. So before even God had to even start working exactly with Abraham, he had to first look, can this man get what I want him to get? Can he become who I want him to become? But then, after looking through Abraham, searching his heart and everything, the Bible says God said in Genesis 18, 19. Check, check it. Genesis 18, 19. God said, for I know Abraham. He will command his children and his household after him that they should keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he had spoken of him. So when he had looked at Abraham and looked at Abraham and looked at Abraham and God was convinced that this Abraham will do what I want him to do. He will not just live by faith and depend on me. He will teach his children. He will teach all his households. And so through Abraham, God now began to perfect his plan to restore the blessing for mankind forever through Abraham. God began to perfect his plan to restore the blessing on mankind forever. So now, the moment Abraham received the blessing of the Lord, things began to change for him. At 75 years old, he was still living with his father and he was in Aaron. Reckless and foolish for a 75 year old man to still be dependent on the father. You see that the man didn't have a say. But when God began to work with him, God told him, Abraham, the first thing first, leave your father's house. Although the father had died before, before then, but he was still within his kindred. The God told him, hey, leave. And he had to leave so that you can work with God. Why did God have to make Abraham leave? Because God wanted his, his eyes to be single. The Bible says that if your eyes is single, your whole body shall be full of light. So God told Abraham, leave. And he left. The Bible says in verse 4, he departed. As God told him, he departed. So Abraham lived well and he began to work with God. He made a difference in life because he was committed to living by the blessing. Abraham, everything that God told him, okay Lord, okay Lord. So uh, that blessing that God wanted to put upon men, that he wanted to spread and restore to all mankind. He looked and saw that, okay, this Abraham, through him, I can do what I want to do. And he began to spread the blessing upon the life of Abraham and upon all the people that are after him. And Abraham was committed to living by the blessing of the Lord. And he had faith in that blessing that he carried. And so everything that God told him, he said, okay, Lord, consistent to living by faith. He was consistent to walking with God. He did not mess up at any point. So he was quick to know when he's deviating and to quickly come back and work with God. 
So God was looking all these years to find, find somebody. And eventually he had found a man, Abraham. But it is through Abraham that we all can now access the blessing of the Lord. If Abraham had made mistakes, perhaps God might still be looking for until Jesus came. But Abraham carried it and he carried the torch. Now he did not just carry it. He was a man that was consistent enough to teach his son, Isaac. And Isaac was consistent enough to teach his sons, Esau and Jacob. And Jacob carried it and was consistent enough to teach his own sons. And Joseph carried it. Because one man, great-grandfather, Abraham, saw it and held it. And like, God, I will walk with you for the rest of my life. The power of the blessing. And this blessing began to change everything about Abraham's life. Everything. So, he knew he had the blessing. And if you carry the blessing, if you know you have the blessing, you don't do competitions with people. You don't quarrel with people over Maggie. Eh, you say, you want to carry the fish. You carry him. No, carry him. my fish. No, you don't have that time. Eh, you are stealing our members. You don't have that time. If you know you are depending on the blessing, you don't have the time to, to bow, bow to mouth or gossip somebody else. You don't have the time. You don't have the time to quarrel over a piece of land or over a plate of rice or over things that are miniature. You don't have that time. So when Abraham's servant and Lord's servant began to fight, who is supposed to be the uncle? Abraham. Who is supposed to be the elder one? Lord was just a nephew. Nephew is like your brother's son. So they were not even mates. But now, when the quarrel started to happen, Abraham knew that this quarrel would quench the blessing that I carry. If you, are, if you are living or trying to live by the blessing, everywhere you see strife, run away. Strife, run away. You see, strife, jealousy, envy, quarrels, just run away. You cannot survive in that environment. The blessing will be choked in that kind of environment. So when Noah, when Lot and his servant began to quarrel with Abraham and his servant, guess what Abraham did? Lot, my brother, please come. Now, who is supposed to choose first? Abraham, because he was older. And because he even brought Lot in the first place. If he had not brought him and left him in Haran, Lot would not have known what exactly God would do with Abraham. But he said to Lot, Choose anywhere. Now there were two places. One was good and one was bad. But why did God, why did Abraham confidently tell Lot, choose anywhere? That's for you to see that Abraham was a man that was depending on God and not on what he can see. So he told him, choose anywhere. If you choose this place, I will go to this other place. If you choose this other place, I will go. Anywhere you choose, I will go. I will go to the next place. He knew that the blessing that he carried was going to make the difference anywhere he goes. That the blessing that he carries will plant the garden of Eden, even in the worst deserts of life. Lot, foolishly, he wasn't the one who carried the blessing because he was not even working with his uncle. He didn't even know. He didn't even follow through the systems of his uncle. He didn't even realize that his uncle was not living by what eyes can see. That was living by faith in the blessing. And he foolishly chose the good part. He looked good and he chose it. And Abraham went to this other side that was bad. Confidently, because he knows that God would 
chained everywhere for his own sake. But guess what? Immediately God came to Abraham and said, Hey, take your eyes up and go. As far as your eyes can see, I will give unto you. So even where Lot was going to, Abraham looked towards that area and God said, I will give it to you anywhere. Because I can see that you are really, really, really ready to work with me for the rest of your life. You are not dragging over land. No, Lord, now me go go that place. No, now me, now me go go that place. As the carnal men of this world will do, people that are even calling themselves spiritual will start dragging for common things. You start coming so low to start competing with people that you are not supposed to compete with. But Abraham told Lot, choose. And Lot chose a place. And Abraham left and Lot, and Lot left. And God began to bless the environment because of Abraham's sake. And Abraham prospered in that land. That was not all. Abraham was so confident in the blessing that where Lot went to, four kings were going to fight with five kings. Please listen. Four kings, four powerful kings at the time, were going to fight with five kings and their armies. Normally, you would think that the five kings would win, right? But for you to say that the four kings were so powerful, the four kings won the five kings. And now, one of the kings of the five kings were, uh, was one of the kings in the land where Lot had chosen and gone to, ran Sodom and Gomorrah. And then when the fight happened, the four kings overwhelmed the five kings and killed them all and took them captives. And when they were going to take people captive, they took Abraham. They took Abraham's nephew, Lot. The same Lot that had foolishly gone to that side, they took him. And Abraham did not say, Ah, if it am, if it am, I, I, I will now take my own, I will now go there and go and dominate. Everybody has gone away, they'll capture all of them, I'll, be, I'll go and live there. He did not say so. Again, if you are living by the blessing, you will not live with that kind of human whips and caprices. You will not live with unforgiveness and stiff nakedness and, and, and the things that, are, that you can only find from the pit of hell. And then when they came to tell him that your nephew has been taken, guess what he did? Oh my God. And Abraham only had 300 people that were working in his house. They were not soldiers that were trained per se. They were just young boys that were born within his house. And then maybe while they were growing up, they were always telling themselves, yeah, let's fight, let's fight. They used to to fight. But then they had never gone for any official war. They had never fought officially in any battle. And they had never been trained officially in any military um, cantonment or regiment. And it was these 300 men that Abraham now eventually said, they have captured my brother. Boys, get ready. We are going to go and fight with 300 untrained men. You are going to go and fight against four kings that killed five kings. Do you understand what I'm saying? Five kings had armies and their armies were enough and their armies were not enough to kill four kings. And now somebody is carrying 300 men to go and fight with four kings. Why? Because he knows that I will win you, not because of my own human power, but because I carry the blessing. What is the pronouncement of the blessing upon his life that he was always conscious of? This is what God told him. God told him specifically 
Genesis 12, he told Abraham specifically that I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. He said, I shall, and that shall be a blessing. He said, I shall bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. So Abraham was confident that everywhere I go, if you are against me, I carry the blessing. If you are against me, it will wax out. So he could go with 300 men to go and fight for king. And who won? Abraham did. Not because of his fighters. Those fighters could not do anything. But because of the fact that he went to fight with the blessing of the Lord. So the blessing worked effectively with Abraham. If you see strife, like, I, like I've told you, you have to run away from strife. Anything that will make you quarrel with somebody over something, over, you know, at some point they were calling my father in the village and saying, hey, you're, you're all your lands, all your father's land. Somebody's taking, somebody's taking it. And he will want to go, he will go and he will come back. At some point I told him, see, Oga, stop traveling. Stop this low life of fighting over nonsense. And it doesn't make sense. There is a life above that men have not even seen. But because of the Babylonian system that has so dominated the world, we can now think that every time, oh, let me go and fight for it, it's my right. And people have died. People have killed themselves just because of things that are not natural, that are not useful in the systems of the kingdom of God. Let them take it. Let them take it. I said, I will buy, I will buy the entire land. Let them take it. You think like God, not at the level of men, but at the level of the kingdom of God. And then when you begin to leave everything for God to fight for you, God will just allow everything to work for you. Just or, or, before you know it, they started just saying, okay, okay, it's not our own, it's his own. Okay, it's not our own, it's his own. Because you carry the blessing. But if you are fighting, it's my own, it's my own. You will just die in the process and nothing will happen. Because you are depending on yourself. You are now entangled with the Babylonian system instead of depending on God. And the way God created us was to depend on Him and not on ourselves. So Abraham was so confident of the blessing and so he could now go and fight um, four kings with their armies with only 300 men. Very foolish, right? But he won. If you were in Abraham's camp, or you were in the street when Abraham and the 300 men were fighting, and you asked them, Where are they going? Want to go fight those four kings? Where kill those five kings? Ah, you don't laugh. This guy, you don't mad though. You want to these small, small boys go fight those three, those four kings? You know, your Chela Daroma, that was one of the most powerful kings at the time. What caused the conflict? Sodom and Gomorrah had stopped paying homage and stopped giving tribute to the king of Chela Daroma. And that man was more powerful than every other person. And, and the king was like, Are you, you don't want to obey me? I will fight against you. So imagine you were in the streets and Abraham and his horse married. And you asked them, Where are they go? We want to go fight those, those kings. Ah, king, and they were like, Oh God, this man, you are mad. But then, when you are doing things according to the blessing and the standards of the kingdom, men will laugh at you, but don't even bother. I stopped worrying about the laugh of men. Since they like, uh, say some nonsense things that they were going to say that like, whatever what they were going to say, but I knew that it was working, and I knew that I was going to stand with what the kingdom of God had said, and I would get the result by the kingdom because the word of God never lies. Never. So these four kings now were powerful enough to defeat five kings and their armies. 
And Abraham dared to go with only 300 men because he knew that he had the blessing of the Lord. He depended heavily on God's blessings. Abraham was always conscious of the fact that he carried the blessing. And that's why he would not quarrel. And that's why when, the, when he eventually helped and saved them, the foolish king of Sodom and Gomorrah, the foolish king of Sodom came to him and said, Abraham, okay, it's true. Oh, yeah, it's, thank you so much for helping us. And, oh, yeah, take this. What you have called it? Take it. Don't worry, take it and go. And Abraham said to the man, Genesis 14, that yeah, God forbid. Is that I have pledged and I have declared in my heart and have made this covenant with God that I will never take one thing from you. One. Even down to the la- to, 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 to. even down to the shoe, to, to, to the shoe rope or anything. Why? He said, at least you say you made Abraham rich. So you don't come out tomorrow and say, now me make her, now me give her money. Eh? That time he can't help me, I can't pay her. No! So Abraham depended heavily on God. And when even a whole king wanted to give me something, he said, please don't give me, keep it to yourself. You can give the people that fought with me, my boys and their family, they want to collect it. But for me, don't give me anything. I have made a covenant with God that I will not collect one thing from you. At least you say you made Abraham who he is. Again, if you are carrying the blessing, no man is supposed to take the glory of God in your life. There's going to be only one source for you, and that source is God. God Almighty is your source. So everything worked for Abraham. And he began to teach his children how to live heavily and depend on the blessing. Isaac contacted the blessing heavily. He learned from his father. Oh, this is how my father lived. My father did not quarrel with people. My father did not have to fight over Magi or salt or you are fighting over slippers. Or you are fight. Sometimes I hear people quarreling and say, what is the cause of quarreling? He say, now nah, he bring the, this thing. Now nah, what I don't fight, he give her. Eh, he say, bro, bro. And, then, and I'm like, this is low life for God's sake. Come up. God wants you to live by the blessing. These little, little things are no, you are not supposed to be living like this. The blessing. So, in a period, during Isaac's time, in a period when there was famine everywhere, hunger, food, no day, there was no food. What did Abraham, what did Isaac want to do? He was preparing that, okay, okay, let me, even since there's no food, I hear that there's food in Egypt, let me go to Egypt. And then the Lord appeared to him and said, Isaac, my son, don't go anywhere, stay here. Eh? In, the, in, in the period of famine, God said, stay here, and he stayed because he knew that he carried the blessing of his father. And he stayed. And when he stayed, guess what? He became big in the land of Gera. He became big because because his father taught him how to depend on the blessing. So he was depending on the blessing and doing what the blessing of God told him to do and living according to the systems of God and he was getting the kind of result he should get. I'm teaching you something. Please follow me carefully. We are coming to how the blessing connects with you. So you know how to live on earth. My, my, my interconnection and intercourse, spiritual intercourse with the blessing of the Lord is what has changed my life forever. And it is still taking me forward. So Abraham had taught his son, depend on the blessing live by faith and the young man was confident and okay god i should not go okay i'll stay and he stayed 
And when he came to the land of Gera, and then they were like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then before you know it, he was, he, he was not so good, big or buoyant enough when he came. And then he started becoming big. He started becoming big. At some point, the king of the Philistines, Abimelech, the Philistines came to meet him and said, Oga, please, come and leave. Go away from this place. Why? You have become too big for us. Can you imagine? How would you like it when Nigeria comes to meet you and say, Chilifo, uh, please uh, leave Nigeria. I said, what's the problem? You don't become too big for us. You are becoming too big and that's where I'm going to get to by the grace of God. And that's where you all are going to get to. When people in your environment will look at you and say, ah, oh God, please come, come pack more. Pack more from this area. You don't big for us. You don't too big for us. You are bigger than this environment. And that's what they told Isaac. That you, you, are, you are too big for us. Leave. And he left. Went somewhere else and dug a well. Who dug the well? Him. Philistines came. It's our own, it's our own, it's our own, it's our own. He did not stay back and say, Hey, do you know when I dug the well 50 years ago? Do you know when I dug the well two nights ago? Do you? He did not have that time. They came and they were fighting for the well. What did he do? He left it and went somewhere else and dug another well. They still came and were fighting for the second well. He left it and went another place and dug another well. They still came. So the more they came to fight for what he had, the more he left it for them and went away. Why? Because he believed that he carried the blessing. And anywhere he goes to, he would make a difference. The Philistines did not have sense. If they had sense, they would have asked him, Oga, why did they take get water from this well during this famine period? And he would have passed on the blessing to them if they were circumcised. Because at that time, you needed, you needed to be circumcised to be able to walk in the blessing of Abraham. But then, guess what? They did not. They were fighting. So, Abraham passed it to his son, Isaac. Isaac did well to teach his son, Jacob. Jacob left his father's house when he treated his brother, Esau. He ran away. So, all the inheritance of his father, who took it? Esau. Why? Because at the time, guess what? Jacob had run away from the house. By the time his father died, where, where was Jacob? A guy had run away. Why did he jackpot? Because he had cheated his brother. And when he was running, the Bible says when he was running away, he was running away with only a walking stick. He left his father's house with only a walking stick. Many years later, after serving Laban, and Laban wanted to treat him more, this and then God gave him the idea that would bring him back to the system. Because at some point, Jacob himself wanted to start deviating and living by the systems of Babylon. And when he had lived like that and he did not get results he was not frustrated in life and god brought him back and said if you depend on me like your father did you will get the kind of results you're looking for oh he now stopped using his cunning style he now stopped living by his own human sense he now stopped living the way he, ought, he, he, he was living foolishly at the time and then god decided that okay since you are not ready this is what you do go back to laban tell him this tell him that now i will make the rams and the everything multiply so that they will come uh, spotted and speckled so that you own them and then he brought the idea to Laban and Laban thought he was going to cheat Jacob and guess what happened at the end of the day the blessing made the difference in the life of Jacob and he took everything that Laban had and in Genesis 31 the first time the word glory was mentioned was when the sons of Laban were, 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 were crying and say ah Jacob he has taken everything that is our father's glory so from our father's wealth has he gotten all this glory and the glory there was significant of wealth so a man who left his father's house when he was going with only a walking stick, when he was coming back to appease his brother, to say, please, uh, one bar, please forgive me, eh? 
for what I did to you when we were young. I, I, I was foolish. When he was coming back to do that to his brother, guess what had happened? He had become so rich. He left home with a walking stick. But he's coming back now full with wealth because he carried the blessing and he started depending on the blessing. So he sent, you know the story, by the time he was going to his brother, because he didn't want his brother to be angry or to kill him, he sent cattles upon cattles upon cattles in different batches to his brother. That was the man that was worthy. So Jacob himself, when he came back to his father's land, decided to continue to teach his children and his sons how to depend on the blessing. And he depended heavily on the blessing. And that blessing was so unique and so spectacular that it helped them in the way they ought to. His sons sold one of them, Joseph, into Egypt. And he got to the land of Egypt as a slave. But Joseph's story reminds us that no matter where you find yourself, no matter where you find yourself, if you carry the blessing, you will come out on top. So he came as a slave. He was never an Egyptian. Before then, nobody that is not of Egyptian blood can hold any political position. Nobody that is not of Egyptian blood can even rise to that kind of pedestal. But because the young man carried the blessing of the Lord that his father contacted from his father, and that his father, his father's father, contacted from his progenitor, Abraham, and he knew he carried that same blessing. And he was confident that, oh, okay, if you work for my ancestors, then you should work for me. And that's why all through the time when he was in prison, he was not sad, he was not angry. The Bible did not tell us that. And, 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 and inside the prison there, Joseph quarreled with um, the Potiphar and um, this thing, or he quarreled with somebody. No, the Bible did not say he lived in struggle. Instead, even in prison, God was with him. And he did so well to live according to the dictates of God. He did so well to live according to the dictates of God in the prison. And nothing affected him. And then he rose from the prison to the palace. He became the number two man in the whole of the world because of the blessing. So this blessing of Abraham is our inheritance in Christ Jesus. And I told you that the blessing is the last, according to Revelation chapter 5 verse 12, the blessing that blessing, it is not plural like blessings. No, it is the blessing. It's singular, it's a force. It is that unique power that will bring the blessings. The blessings can be car, can be house, can be good health, can be wonderful, wonderfully raised children, can be everything that you're looking for in life. But it is that blessing, singular, that will bring about the blessings. And what did God tell Abraham? Genesis 12, 14. He says, Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. He says, No, Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. He says that indeed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And we are families of the earth. And you all are families of the earth. And so God was saying to Abraham, because of you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What I wanted to do from the beginning, that Adam and Eve messed up, then I wanted to do through Noah, that Noah messed up, now I can do it through you. So through you, all the nations of the world shall be blessed. All the families of the world shall be blessed. And Abraham worked consistently with God. And we can see that when he was going to die, 
in Genesis chapter 24, verse 1, when Abraham was going to die, the Bible says that an Abraham was going to die. And then the Bible says that the Lord blessed Abraham in all things. The Lord did what? Blessed Abraham in all things. Now, that's a man that walked in the blessing. Men, see, let me explain something. Men can do, use the Babylonian system to get to the top in life. But when the blessing takes you to the top, you are blessed in all things. And what is that kind of blessing? The, 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 the kingdom kind of life and the kingdom kind of prosperity, what is it? That you are blessed, you are financially blessed, you have good health, your children have good health, your children are well behaved, there is no sickness amongst any of you, your wife is not misbehaving or cheating on you or, or, or doing anything, your family is in order, everything around you is working. That's godly prosperity. Not the kind of prosperity where you have money, but you don't have good health to enjoy the money. Or your wife is sick and or your wife is um, having an affair with your gate man or, or your security. Or your wife is having an affair with somebody else. Or, you, or, 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 or your children are taking drugs and living any kind of life on the street. That's not godly prosperity. When you have godly prosperity, you look around you, you will be blessed like Abraham in all things. So Abraham looked around when he's going to die and he could say for of, of a shorty that God has blessed me in all things. In all. The blessing is your inheritance. Many people don't know of anything about the blessing. And even preachers have continued to live life in the Babylonian system and are forcing their own people that God has brought to them to live in the same Babylonian system with them. But no, we are supposed to live according to the standards of the kingdom of God. And the only way to live like that is to depend and live by the dictates of the blessing of the Lord. Because when God was going to create man in Genesis 1, 26, 27, 28, what he pronounced upon man was an image that was like him and the ability to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it and have dominion. Uniqueness. So man is not supposed to live like an animal. No, you are supposed to live like God on earth. Why? Because you are created actually to be a God on the earth. That's why the Bible says that what is man that I might follow him, sort of man that I have said him, that you are making a little lower than Elohim because he wanted to dominate the earth. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven and the word of men are settled on earth. The heaven are the Lord's body, earth, as if given to me and you, the children of men. And when Jesus was born on the earth, there's a significant difference between the time of Jesus and the time of Abraham. Now, this is it. During the old dispensation, the Holy Spirit, because Jesus had not died and there was no ultimate sacrifice, so the Holy Spirit cannot rest upon the life of somebody. I mean, it cannot live inside you. It can only, you can only have, it can only come upon you and go. But the Holy Spirit could not live in us like it is living in us now. So even Abraham was not perfect because he did not have the Spirit of God in him. 
He only had the Spirit of God come upon him once in a while and go. But when Jesus came, when he was born into the earth, because he was not born of man, and he was going to create a new system for the world, the blessing operated with Jesus in a more superior manner. The blessing operated like that everywhere Jesus went. It flowed like a river. People could touch him and become healed because he carried So the blessing on Jesus, Abraham had the blessing. So he passed it, he passed it, he passed it. Many other people walked with the blessing. Gideon walked with the blessing. He could use 300 men to kill people. David walked with the blessing. He could kill Goliath. People from that dispensation walked with the blessing, but nobody had the more superior, in a more superior fashion than Jesus. He had the blessing and he walked with the blessing when he came on the earth. That same blessing that we talked about in Genesis 1.28, Jesus came with it and he walked with it. And so when he even walked around, people could touch him and become healed because he carried the blessing. Just touch him, you'll be healed. People could stay around him and become blessed. The blessing on the life of Jesus flowed like a river. People could follow him and be fed supernaturally. Oh, we are in the desert. And there's no food, though. There's no food. There's no food. Ah. And he told his disciples, Can we look for where we can organize food? And his disciples, one of them, foolishly, because he was only thinking of the Babylonian system of life, said, Ah, master, even the even if we use spend 200 worth of uh, 200 dinari worth of food, it will not feed these people. Then he said something that caught the, 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 the attention of Jesus. Andrew, he said something that caught the attention of Jesus. He said, but there's a lad here who has two, uh, five loaves of bread and two fishes. But what is that among so many? And that's all Jesus wanted. And he said to him, to his disciples, make the men sit down. And they sat down. And he brought the bread and the fish and he blessed it. The Bible says he blessed it. What is that? Be fruitful. Multiply. That blessing carries a power to multiply. And so he blessed it. And when he blessed the bread, they gave it to people. And two loaves of bread, and two five, five loaves of bread and two fishes fed 5,000 men. Men, 5,000. Only men, 5,000. Then there were women and children. So it's more than 5,000. But only the men were 5,000. 5,000! Two loaves of bread. And two fishes and five loaves of bread. There's another time when he fed 4,000, according to the Bible. The blessing. So Jesus carried, it was just working better in the life of Jesus than it worked with. Abraham. Why? Because Jesus came with the spirit that we all have now. So with Jesus, the blessing moved as never before. Jesus perfectly kept the commandment of God, so the blessing flowed through him without hindrance. He was a perfect man, coming with the perfect spirit. He did not come with the sperm or seed of any human. He was birthed by the Holy Spirit. And so he carried that perfect recreated spirit that we all carry today. That perfect spirit that we all have today. 
So Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even Joseph, did not have the kind of perfect spirit that Jesus had. Why? Because they lived in the old dispensation. And in people that lived in the old dispensation at that time, because Jesus had not come and died, the Holy Spirit could not live in them. So the blessing could not flow through them from the inside out. The blessing could only rub, rub, rub off around them. And imagine the kind of exploits that they did. The blessing could only rub off around them. It could only touch them. It could only help them get something. It could only... But then, the blessing is supposed to flow from the inside out. So, the blessing could not flow through them from the inside out. They were not born again because Jesus hadn't died and Jesus hadn't risen. They were not born again. And that's the difference between that dispensation and the dispensation that we are. Now, when Jesus came, it was different. Remember that the blessing could not flow freely from, from the inside out because Jesus had a different spirit and it is that same spirit that we carry. When we died, uh, when Jesus died and we were released upon the earth and we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, there's something that happens to you. Your old spirit leaves and there's a new spirit that comes out of you. And that's why there are two classes of people who believe that uh, if, you are, if you have confessed your sins to God, you will still go to hellfire. And some people, I mean, if you are giving your life to God, you still go to hellfire. And some people have the opinion that if you have given your life to God, you can never go to hellfire again. I will explain. The body or the human being is classified into three. Spirit, soul and body. Spirit, soul and body. When you give your life to Christ, your old spirit is taken away or it is recreated to be in synchronization with the spirit of God. And that spirit of God is perfect and you cannot improve on perfection. So your soul is not new, is not recreated and your body is not recreated but your spirit has been recreated and you now have, that's why you can say that I have the righteousness of God. That righteousness of God is not in your soul or in your body, it is in your spirit. That's how you can have the same faith, the same measure of faith. That the same measure of faith is not in your soul or in your body, it is in your spirit. So you walk in the class of the Elohims because you have given your life to God. You are born again and you are now having the spirit of God in you. So, but then what work did the Lord tell us to do? Romans 12, 1 and 2 says we should continue to do what? Renew our mind. The mind is the soul. So, the spirit is perfect now. There's nothing wrong with the spirit. So now, the, the battle most times is not usually between the mind, the soul, and the spirit. So the spirit is perfect and it will always tell you this is what God wants us to do. But the soul, if you are not, if you are, if you are in the club, if you used to go to the club before you gave your life to Christ and you used to misbehave, uh, the soul will still be telling you, ah, let's go to the club, let's go to the club. But the spirit will now tell you, it is not good for us to go to the club. We are now children of God. We cannot go to the club any longer. But the soul will be like, ah, no, it doesn't mean, even if it's five minutes, let us go to the club. So now, who are they trying to control? They're trying to control who? The body. Now, the body does not know it. The body is just like this. Okay, so it's like the body is standing in front. The soul and the spirit are standing at the back. So, the soul is going to tell you things that are not right if it is not renewed. But the spirit will always tell you what is good according to the spirit of God. 
And now the body will either follow the soul or follow the spirit, depending on how strong they are. So if your soul is renewed with the word of God, your soul will automatically follow anything that your spirit says. Do you get my point? So that's why the Bible says continue to renew your mind with the word of God. When you keep listening to messages, listening to messages, listening, your soul, that soul needs to be renewed. Your mind, and you can never get to the end of renewing your mind. As long as you are on earth till you die, you must continue to renew your mind. Because even when you go outside, you see women that wear nonsense. Your mind wants to go haywire. You come back. Or you see somebody that stole. Your mind wants to go haywire and you come back. You continue to renew your mind with the word of God. When you renew your mind with the word of God, your body will naturally follow. If the spirit and body, if the spirit, if the spirit and soul are working together, your body will naturally follow. Naturally. And then the body is on its own. The body also has its own temptations as well. Some things that the flesh want to be pleased with. But if you can have control of your soul and spirit, your flesh will tell it to shut up. If I want to fast, and I want to fast for days, and maybe after the first day, the next thing you hear, my body will be doing, it will not be like, oh, you're hungry, oh, you're hungry, you're hungry. But my soul, my spirit, they already know, we have to fast. So I just speak to my body, hey, you don't control me, I control you. So the real you is not your body. The real you is not your soul. The real you is your what? Your spirit. So Abraham did not have that kind of recreated spirit that we now have. Didn't have it. So if you understand this, the analogy of the spirit, soul, and body, you will not fall into temptation the way you are falling because you just understand that your spirit is renewed and when the spirit is renewed and it is perfect, when you die, what goes to heaven? It is not your body. It is your spirit. Your spirit goes to heaven. And the spirit that is perfect that has given you life to Christ, you go to heaven. So whether or not you have done any other thing with your flesh or your body, it doesn't matter. You go to heaven. But then what happens is that you don't get the kind of connections you should have on earth when you are living in sin. But you keep your spirit, soul, and your body pure for God. But when you die, it is your spirit that goes to heaven. But you live right. So when Jesus came, it was different. The blessing could flow freely from him, from the inside out, because he had a different spirit. And that is the same spirit that we carry. And that blessing can flow effectively from the inside out of Jesus because he had a perfect spirit. His death and the resurrection qualifies us for that perfect spirit as well. That we created human spirit, we have it today. And so today, the blessing of the life of Abraham can work for us, even in a higher dimension than it than did for Abraham. So that blessing that changed Abraham's life, we have it today. And we don't, we, 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 we don't just have it. We have it even in, we can use it even way better than Abraham used it. Why? Or than Abraham benefited from it. Why? Or that Abraham related with it. Why? Because we now carry the spirit of God. And the blessing can flow freely from us. When Jesus was on the earth, he said, see, there is no prophet, nobody in the Old Testament that is as great as John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said. So even Abraham, Elijah, David, they were not as good or as great according to the kingdom of God and the rankings. They are not as good 
or as mighty or as great as John the Baptist. That's what Jesus said. But he now says something that many believers still don't understand. He said, but the smallest person in the kingdom of God, in, the king, in this new kingdom of God that I have come to bring, the smallest person there is greater than John the Baptist. So what does that mean? That if you are greater than John the Baptist, is Abraham greater than you? No, you are greater than Abraham. You are greater than every other progenitor that existed before you. He said, the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. The least. So we must understand that this is what it is for every believer. You have the blessing. And that blessing can work effectively for you more than it did for Abraham. Don't we meet to the book of Galatians? How did the blessing come upon your life? Galatians 3. I read from verse 13. The Bible says that Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law, being made a cause for us. For it is written, Cost is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Ah! You don't get it. You might have been reading that all these days and you don't understand. That blessing of Abraham, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, as it is written, because then if you were hung on the cross, you became a curse. So, that curse is anyone that hangeth on a tree. Then in verse 14, it says, so that the, why, 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 why did God come and die? He did not just come to die so that you have salvation. No, he came to die also so that you, be, you become more, more connected to the blessing that was upon the life of Abraham. That's why he said in verse 14 that, so that the blessing of, on the life of Abraham can come upon you, the Gentiles. And we are the Gentiles. There are two classes of believers, the Jews and the Gentiles. We are the Gentiles. If you are not Jew by, by, nat- by naturality or by birth, you are not a Jew. We are all Gentiles. So it says, by the, so that the blessing upon the life of Abraham can come upon us, the Gentiles, so that we can receive the same promise of the Spirit through faith. That blessing on Abraham is now on you. Why is it on you? Because Jesus died to now carry the blessing of Abraham and pass it and pass it and it is on you now. And there is something that you have now that Abraham didn't have. Abraham didn't have the good spirit, the spirit of God living in him like you do now. So if you have the spirit of God living in you and you carry the blessing of the Lord, then you should operate in the class of Jesus. And that's why Jesus could now go and tell us before he go, before he left, that greater things shall you do. Say, whosoever believe on me, the works that I do shall you do. But now say, no, not the works. But greater than these works shall you do because I go to my Father. Why? Because now you now have the Spirit of God and you now have the blessing upon your life. So if you have the blessing of the Lord and you have the Spirit of God, bye-bye, I have left you. Dominate the world. Do you get it? Dominate the world. Like, you don't need any other thing again. These two things are what I'm living with you. The blessing of the Lord and the Spirit of God. So take care of yourself and I'm going. So, and it says in Mark 9, 23, that if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Why is all things going to be possible? Because you carry the Spirit of God and because you carry the blessing of the Lord. Everything will be possible. 
everything will be possible. So that blessing works better through us. It now works better through us. For many years, I was suffering, suffering with my family, married for years. Nothing was working. Nothing. Nothing. Hey, God of Nazareth, nothing was working. All of a sudden, I stumbled upon a teaching on the blessing of the Lord. Ah, and I stayed. Oh, God, Kenneth Copeland was teaching this. And I was like, God, what, what, what is this? Is this what I've missed all my life? Because again, I have depended heavily on the Babylonian system, the circles where I was living in at the time. Only, in fact, it was even having to, if, if there's anything that was even more Babylonian than Babylonian, than Babylon itself, that's exactly where I was living or where I was in then. You had to do this, to do this, to do this, to get approval. I mean, and it was not working. But then, the Lord said, this is where it is. You are missing it all these years. So live according to the standards of the blessing and everything will change. So just like Abraham that started living by the blessing and everything changed, I decided with my family, I had to call my children and my wife together and we sat down and I told them and I did these things according to how I was led so that I can never forget, brought some things and posted around my house and I told my wife and my children that, okay, from today, this is what the blessing of the Lord is. We will no longer have to toil or suffer or work hard by ourselves. Why? Because we want to start living by the blessing of the Lord. And that blessing will change our life for good. And then we agree. And every morning we will wake up and begin to speak that, ah, our life is surrendered to the blessing of the Lord. Our life is surrendered to the desert. We surrender to the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is now like, we keep speaking these things. We are blessed and highly favored. We are blessed. We keep speaking these things. And the Bible does not tell lies. When it says that so mightily do the word of God and people now, we are more conscious of the blessing than of the cause. We are more conscious of living in the blessing zone than living and staying with Babylon. I hardly fight for anything now. You want to take it? No, I'll take it and go. If you can survive with it, good and fine. But you will not survive because the blessing of me is too powerful for you to contend with. I came and I left the level of having to fight for Nami Geta. Ah, no. Nami Geta. Ah, no. No! Live according to the standards of the kingdom of God. You don't have to come down to the level of men and start dragging from them. If you live from the system of God, you will dominate the world. And when I, the moment I started to live consciously like this, things started changing. Why? Because, listen, 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 listen. Because the blessing of the Lord knows what to do. You, you don't have to do anything. Just believe in the blessing and be conscious of the blessing. The blessing will change your life. The blessing of the Lord will change your life. You, you, you are not doing anything. The blessing knows exactly what to do to change your life. It will change your life. It changed my life. It changed my life. It changed my family's life. And it is still it is still changing our lives because we forever have committed our lives to the blessing of the Lord. And we are focused. We are focused and properly dumped in on the floor in the blessing zone, not to move again out of the blessing zone for the rest of our lives. That's where we want to stay from the beginning of the end of our life. That's where we want to die inside the blessing zone. 
and it has been from glory to glory, from faith to faith because we understand that we carry the blessing of the Lord and we have continued to move around and display and exude this blessing from the inside out better than Abraham did because we now have the Spirit of God in us. What does the Bible say in Proverbs 10, 22? Please go there, everybody. Proverbs 10, 22. What does the Bible say? In Proverbs 10, 22, many Christians know this Bible verse. Many Christians know it, but they don't have a special relationship with this. Proverbs 10, 22. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 22, that the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. It maketh rich and it adds no sorrow with it. It comes with no sorrow. And that's what I told you. That's the difference between the prosperity of a man who has risen to to the height of life through the blessing of the Lord and the prosperity of man who is competing and using the Babylonian system to get to the top of life. No. The difference is that if you might be blessed though on this other side of life, but it will come with sorrow. Maybe you maybe somebody died or maybe somebody sick or maybe oh no the one that God will give you does not come with sorrow. The blessing that God will give you does not come with sickness. The blessing that God will give you does not come with anything that the devil... So, the blessing of the Lord, it makes you rich, it will make you rich, and it will come with no sorrow. No sorrow. I like this verse in the NIV translation. This is how the NIV translation puts it. It says, the blessing of the Lord makes you wealthy or rich without painful toil for it. So that you have to <laughs> what will happen at the hustle? I, I, I deleted the word hustle for my for my dictionary and from my house and from anything that has to do around me. I don't hustle. I am a blessed man. I don't hustle. It says in NIV translation that the blessing of the Lord will make you blessed and will make you wealthy without painful toil for it. So you don't have to painfully work hard or suffer or even work 10 jobs just to put food on your table. You don't see things will change, systems will change. Just to see, just depend on the blessing of the Lord. Things will change surprisingly for you. Stay conscious of it. Every day speak to it. Every day speak about it. If you embrace and surrender yourself to the blessing of the Lord, you will not have to bear the weight of your own provision. When Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden before they sinned against God, did they have to cook? Did they have to go and uh, farm? Did they have to go and start? Like, ah, Adam, what if we go chop today? Oh, hi, oh God, food not the food not the house. No, because even before they were created, God had created every other thing before they came. They were the last signature creation, creation of God, because they were the ultimate guys. So if the ultimate guys were coming, every other thing needed to be perfect before they came. So God had did everything, he had done everything for five days, and on the sixth day, I mean, I come, yeah, guys, enjoy. That's exactly what it's supposed to be. So when Adam and Eve come, the only thing that they need to do is to go, okay, now this one I want you to do, yeah, let me go and take it, and I'll take it and, 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 and eat it. That's all they needed to do. 
But when they sinned, what did they have to do? God now told Adam that in tilling the ground, you have to feed. It means you have to not start suffering to eat. But normally, before you are done this, you just eat. And you, ah, I want to eat tomorrow. Ah, okay, tomorrow, and that one I will chop. Next tomorrow, and that one I will chop. All, all you needed to do was to point. You didn't have to bear the weight of your own position. But when Adam sinned, part of the problem or part of the cause that came with it was that you will not have to, you will not have to till the ground. You will not have to suffer and painfully toil just to get food that you will eat. But from the beginning, it was not God's original plan. You have the blessing of God upon your life. You are not supposed to bear the weight of your own provision. See, the blessing of the Lord will change your world. And I've told you that every other thing that you see, the fringes that people call, ah, the blessings. This person is a blessed man, has many blessings and many things. Those are attributes and fruits of the blessing of the Lord. This is what I am called to do in the body of Christ. This is why God called me, that I should teach men to begin to see their inheritance in Christ and to get surrendered to the blessing of the Lord. Get out of the Babylonian system. Get out of there. There's no life there. That was something that the devil created. And it is not according to God's standard. And you see where churches want to pattern their systems according to Babylon? Instead of patterning their system to be fitting with God's kind of system. Instead of the church to correct the world, the world is creeping into the church and trying to tell the church how we should operate. Which is wrong. But the blessing is what we are called to live by. I am not telling you this for head knowledge. No. I am telling you this so that you can know the quality of life you are supposed to enjoy on the earth. You can know the quality of life that you are supposed to expect. You can know what kind of life you are supposed to expect and what you are supposed to expect from life. Don't hear this and say, ah, ah, the blessing of the Lord. That one said, Gail. No, walk in it. Live it. Experience it. See, just stay conscious of the blessing. Every time. Just remember that I carry the blessing. And if you carry the blessing, I cannot force it because I carry the blessing. I cannot be poor because I carry the blessing. I cannot be hungry because I carry the blessing. I cannot starve because I cannot be harmed because I carry the blessing. No human being can stand. The Lord told me something. He said, There shall be no man that shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I heard it clearly. Clearly. So no matter what happens, and somebody is trying to challenge me, I don't be looking at you. Why? Because I know what I heard from God. No man shall be able to stand for before you all the days of your life. And I don't believe nothing. I know you cannot do anything. Because I know what I heard from God. And that's how powerful the blessing is. And then I'm coming back, whether in the 1 p.m. or 2, I mean 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or coming back late in the night around 11 a.m. or leaving very early in the morning around 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. I don't panic. I don't panic. I don't hear bah, somebody jogging out my back or running out my back and I have a shiny touch. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. No! I don't be going. Somebody can be walking, 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 walking behind me, walking behind me. I don't be going. Why? No human being can stand before me all the days of my life. So I don't even panic. Because I understand that I am in the blessing zone. That is where we are called to live. The blessing of the Lord is your inheritance. You must believe in the blessing on your life 
and speak it. Declare it every day and say to yourself, I believe I am blessed. You say to yourself every day, I believe I am blessed. I believe I am blessed. So if you speak it, believe it, and you don't doubt it, you will become a blessing to your world. You will become a blessing. And at the end of your work with God, when you have left the earth, or when you are about to leave and go and reunite with God in the heavens, men will come and say, and say, Chidifo was blessed in all things. They will say, Abigail was blessed in all things. Tosin was blessed in all things. Marvelous was blessed in all things. They will say, Ellen, Ellen was blessed in all things. Why? Because they know that you carry a significance of the same kind of testimony they gave to Abraham before he died. They said Abraham, and Abraham was told and was ready to die, and Abraham was blessed by God in all things. So you should have that kind of testimony. The blessing. You see, did you realize today I did not rush? You're not supposed to rush because this is the blessing. You don't have to use a barrel to preach about the blessing. No, the blessing is supposed to be, it's a no, it's a no stress life. That's what God has called you to live by. He's called you to live by the blessing, and the blessing he has called you to live by is not something that you have to start dragging, fighting, and doing every kind of thing just to get promotion or just to. No, you get out of strife, you get out of um, envy, unforgiveness, and everything that you know that will choke the blessing of the Lord upon your life. And that blessing will continue to make a difference in your life consistently. See, I don't tell the blessing what to do. The blessing knows what to do. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing shall be added unto you. It will just be coming. It will just be coming. All I, all I do is do what God has asked me to do. And the blessing knows what to do. I am committed with my family. We have surrendered ourselves to the blessing of the Lord forever. Forever. And we know that the blessing has been making a difference. It's just moving us from stage one to stage two. It's moving us because God is a God of humble beginnings and it's taking you to the greatness that he has planned for you. But it's taking us as it's taking us and it's taking us. And everything that I need to do is to make sure that I am not in strife. I get out of strife and I avoid everything that I know will choke the blessing. I live a good, righteous life. You cannot be living anyhow. You cannot be living without integrity and expect the blessing to work for you. you. Cannot be stealing and be cheating men and be killing people, whether physically or with your activities, and be using people or doing us and expect the blessing to work. No, if the blessing must work for you, then you must be a man of uprightness. You must be upright in your heart and spirit. You must be upright. And then the blessing knows what to do to just help you. If Joseph had committed fornication with Potiphar's wife, he would not, he would never have gotten to where he got. Never. Why? Because the blessing would have been choked. It would have. And that was how the devil could break into David's systems because of the sin with Bathsheba. Now you must remember that even though you carry the blessing, you must live according to the standards of God. 
And that's how the blessing will work for you. But this blessing knows what to do. You are not telling the blessing what to do. The blessing knows what to do. It will take you to the top. I can guarantee that. You just be doing what God told you to do. The blessing will keep moving you. And when human beings come to try to limit you, the blessing will keep them up. Because God said to Abraham, I will bless them that bless you and call them that person. And it's the same thing that he said to Abraham, that he said to us. Because we became heirs of the same promise. Galatians 3.29, the Bible says, if we be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So everything that God told Abraham, the blessing and the other promises that Abraham carried, we are heirs of all things with Abraham. Because we are Christ's new converts and disciples. We now follow through everything that Abraham had. Say to yourself today, say, I believe I am blessed. Begin to speak in other tongues. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed. We upload new messages every week to keep you inspired and strengthened in faith. Call us today on 0909-632-5899. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our channel. God bless you.